It is time for our Tuesdays with Tom segment. Tom Skilling visiting with us, sponsored by Permaseal Basement Systems. Lots to talk about today, Tom. My gosh, what a change, huh? And a lot more Boy, to come. I'll tell you, Anna, no question about it. We've got a big change underway. Do you know that by Friday morning, we'll feel about 35 degrees cooler than we felt yesterday with a 65-degree high. We'll feel more than uh, nearly 45 degrees cooler by Saturday and morning, and by Monday morning, it'll feel about 55 degrees cooler. There's a massive pattern change underway across the country that takes us into our coolest air of the season, Anna, and it may also deliver our first snowflakes of the season. First chance of those being somewhere here or nearby would be Friday, and there's a little Alberta clipper system that's diving through here. Could mean we wake up to some snow in the air by um, Sunday morning, so it's going to get a lot cooler. And I was looking at this on a national basis to get an idea of what kind of change is going on. Uh, the area that has 70-degree temperatures in the country will um, shrink by about two-thirds uh, between now and the weekend. At the same time, the nighttime lows under 40 degrees will nearly double in aerial coverage. So th- th- this is a broad-based uh, change that we've got going on, and it's pretty typical of autumn around here. Yeah, it's it certainly is a change because yesterday was downright, downright beautiful. So many people it enjoying was. getting out. It was just gorgeous. And uh, look at the swing. Typical. Is it typical that we would be seeing those lows that you were talking about this time of year? Or is that a little sooner than we normally get? Oh, it definitely is typical. And, you know, it's interesting, Anna. We were in the sixth day of a seven-day streak of 70s at this time a year ago. Uh, our high on this day a year ago was 76 degrees. Today, by contrast, we'll have started in the 50s and probably peak in the mid to upper 50s uh, today, and that's about it. Uh, so there's quite a change year to year. This this November is running about uh, 12, about 13 degrees cooler than November did a year ago. So quite a change after what had been a very, very warm autumn around here. So it kind of smacks us in the face when we have a change of this magnitude. <laughs> well, this dramatic, yeah, right? The, 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 from one to the other. You know, it was interesting. Yesterday we were talking about this on air. Uh, the National Weather Service, Chicago, put out a tweet and it just posted something to say, you know, get out and enjoy this yesterday, the, the beautiful warm weather, because this yeah. will likely be the last day this warm for the rest of the year and maybe until next spring. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that puts it in perspective. And I, I guess that's to be expected, but it's still it's still it tells me that at looking forward here you're just you're just not expecting it to go back there no you know it, it's interesting Anna. the one way we could get a temperature uh, even close to what we had yesterday or sunday with the 60s would be to get one of these big autumn storms to approach us and put us in uh, the storm's warm sector and uh, things like that that level of detail is kind of hard to pinpoint uh, weeks in advance so, uh, but that would be the one way we get uh, another 60 degree day. But I think as a general proposition, that's probably an accurate read on it, that we've just gone through the warmest weather we're likely to see uh, through the end of the year. The one exception being if a storm were to come in here and pump some warmer air in briefly, and then it wouldn't last uh, because storms like that tend to bring cool air in on the backside. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting, Anna, to see all the changes that happen in the atmosphere. And this is all driven by the fact that days have been getting shorter since late June. 
And that really starts to affect the northern latitudes, uh, northern North America and all. The cool air develops there first because their days shorten the fastest. And uh, ultimately, they'll go into total darkness up in northern North America. And that's what breeds these bitterly cold air masses of winter that once we put snow down on the ground can you know, arrive here. But it's a process that takes months. Nonetheless, by this time, we're we're halfway into this process now across the continent, and so your jet streams get stronger. That uh, increases the vertical motions in the atmosphere that changes the air pressures, and when you start dropping air pressure, you get wind to blow, and so it's a windier time of the year. You know, uh, uh, Gordon Lightfoot had writing the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, which was a November storm, uh, mm-hmm. was on to something there, because we all know the... The gales of November, uh, they come early, as he said in that song. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I saw your colleague Bill Snyder posting, too, about how it's been a dry start to November. I wonder, as you look at how we've kind of break, broken into autumn so far, what it is you're noticing, Tom? Well, you know, I think we have a more active pattern coming up. There's a 205-mile-per-hour jet stream coming in off the Pacific. That's an incredibly strong jet. And when you see wind speeds like that in the upper air, up at jet cruising altitude, that's when you start getting things down here at ground level to happen as well, because those winds uh, uh, drive the storm development. That wind max is going to dive into the country and carve out a big, what we call a trough, which is a cool air plunge into the center of the country. And that's going to spin up a big storm uh, that will bring us some rain Wednesday night and uh, Thursday. Uh, and then by Thursday afternoon, the temperatures ought to be dropping. Uh, and then we get backwash uh, rain and snow showers on Friday. And there's a, that clipper coming in Saturday night, Sunday morning that could bring us some wet snow uh, or a wet snow rain mixture. And then if you look forward, we've got more active storms. So uh, we may be emerging from this, uh, this dry spell uh, in the weeks ahead as we get a more active storm pattern going across the country, which... It's pretty typical of autumn, you know, to get that yeah. kind of thing going. Definitely some changes. Backwash doesn't sound so nice, Tom. Is, no. is it going to feel as not as nice as it sounds? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, when when we talk about backwash, that that's the wraparound cold air that comes down the backside of these things. And that's, you know, you, you get these big storms and their wind patterns that they develop. The front side of them, the wind blows southerly, and so you warm up. The backside, where you get that backwash... That's where the cool air dumps in uh, on the back side. And I'll tell you something. Uh, we're getting some indications of some really uh, healthy snow accumulations up through the northern uh, U.S., up by the Canadian border and north. There, there could be some areas in southern Canada that get more than a foot of snow out of this storm that's going to bring us rain uh, on Wednesday night and Thursday. Uh, so it's that time of the year, Anna. You know, I we better enjoy these fall colors while we have them because we're get, we're fast moving past the peak on those. I know. I had some friends. Out. They're still out there, right? I had some friends who just returned from yeah. a weekend bicycle trip in Michigan, and they said they were yeah. beautiful and still worth going out there and checking them out. Um, it seemed like they were later this year. Is that right? That they 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 oh yeah peaked a little yeah. yeah. No question about it. Well, you know, even the arrival of our first flakes of snow, if we get those uh, Friday and Sunday, that'll be about two weeks later than the most recent 10-year average. Uh, The average arrival of snowflakes, the average first date for snow flurries in Chicago the last 10 years, has been on or about October 26th. Now, some years have been later than that, but that's been the average. 
Mm-hmm. So here we are. If we get uh, flurries on Friday and Saturday, we're in to mid-November. That's about two weeks later than that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and the fall colors were behind it uh, as well. It shows our lake cooling. Uh, lake Michigan and the Great Lakes are all running warmer than normal because of the warm autumn that we had around here. Hey, Tom, we got to pause for weather here, but I, I have an issue sure. I need to raise with you then. I, I have an, uh, an issue. I, I, got, I, I don't mean to get into it with you, but it's not uh-huh. about weather. It's about your prognostication of sports and sporting events. And we'll, we'll, and I, oh, yes. I got to ask you I, I got to ask you about that, Tom. I just yeah. got to ask you. Back with Tom Skilling. Tom, before we pause there for a moment there, I mentioned that, yes. you know, I have the utmost admiration for you and trust in your ability to predict the weather. Nobody better yeah. anywhere in the world as far as I'm concerned. But your ability to predict what happened in this Bears game... I I mean, did you hear those promos we've been running that it's a hundred percent chance of butt kicking by the Bears? Well, you got it. You got to understand, and I'm a hometown guy, you know. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to I'm going to take the optimistic approach on this. I had people <sighs> on social media write and say, "I don't think that's going to work out." Your prediction they're going to win. I'll tell you one thing, though, Anna. That was a heck of a game. I mean, yeah. they really at the end almost came back and. Um, so, and I, I was interested in, look, I'm not a sports maven. I uh, I don't purport to have sports expertise. <laughs> I leave it to the experts, and we've got plenty of them between radio and television at our shop. But I was listening sure. to Dan Rohn last night and his analysis of that game, and he said, you know, yeah, we lost. But he said, and Dan's not afraid to criticize, but he said, you know, there were some things that went on there that were kind of optimistic. So, um you know, that, it's a shame they lost that. If that it is a shame. field goal at the end had made it, uh, you know, it was a, what, a 60-plus yard field, oh. field goal, which was and he's the impossible. best. Yeah. Cairo Santos yeah. is the best. And I, I did. I, you start seeing some things that give you hope as a Bears fan. And I don't want to fall into any traps here because it's been a long time, our <laughs> lifetime, since we've had a, a franchise quarterback that you can believe in. And I just feel like I hope, I hope, I hope that Justin Fields has all the makings of that because wouldn't it be a fun ride for all of us as Bears it fans? Would. It would. Remember the, oh, my God, the uh, the 80s Bears, uh, you know, Mike Ditka and the whole crew. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I mean, that was a lot of fun. The Super Bowl shuffle and all that kind of neat stuff. You know, let's hope one day we come back to that again. Uh, you know? It could be soon. It could be soon. And one thing I'm thankful for, too, is that the Comcast outage and all of the outages we're seeing happen this morning and not last night during the Bears game. Can you imagine how nuts people would have been? Oh. It was, I mean, just how And it was on WGN-TV, too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had it on last night. And, yeah, isn't that the truth? You know, I uh, I have Comcast here at home, and uh, mm-hmm. I depend on that internet. I but it, you know, it all goes to show it's wise to back this up. I've got a hotspot that I've been using uh, during the morning hours, although it's back now. The Comcast is, but yeah, that was quite an outage. I guess it was national in scope in many respects. Right. So, yeah, it was um, hit many, many states, and I, I heard from our engineering team who was able to keep it on the air seamlessly. I, I heard a few little glitches, but uh, we were down to tin cans and strings, our chief engineer told us, but still <laughs> stayed on the air. And boy, I give them a lot of credit for that, because it was impacting just about everybody. Just about oh, yeah. everybody. It well, felt like... We come so to depend on this technology, don't we? I, it's kind of frightening when you think about it, how dependent we are on that. 
But uh, and when it goes down, uh, we know it because it affects what we do. But um, you try and back it up the best you can. And uh, hats off to our engineers, as you say, for keeping it all going uh, through all that. Anna. Yeah. And, and how vulnerable we are, too. You know, you think about we rely on it. It's amazing when it all works. And then you're, you're vulnerable and reliant upon it. But then there's these hacking stories you hear all the time, Tom, that make you oh, also yeah. realize how vulnerable we are from a security perspective. And so that that freaks me out on occasion as well, Tom. I don't know about you. I, I agree with you. And, you know, I mean, look what we did during the this pandemic. I mean, we were working from home. A lot of us were. And I, I remember when I heard we were going to originate the weather shows from home, I thought, oh, no, <laughs> you know, this is going to be this is going to be trouble. And we did have our troubles. But by the by and large, the technology worked surprisingly well. And you just knock on I'm knocking on my head here, balding wood, uh, you know, that we were that lucky through that whole thing. Oh, sure. For sure. Yeah. Hey, can I get your your thoughts here on Glasgow and the summit that's ongoing? You've been following that. I know you're one of the voices that we listen to here in the Midwest, and, and you've actually lectured everywhere, Tom, on on climate yeah. issues. Um, I know you're following closely. What what can you tell us? What What is it that's that's uh, getting your attention? You know, Anna, you get mixed reviews on all this. Look, uh, you know, the transition from uh, fossil fuel to renewables and all, any transition to another mode of uh, energy production is not without its headaches and uh, its challenges. Um, you know, for one thing, you have workers in the fossil fuel industry and you want to, you don't want to affect them and their families as you transition to renewables and all. So it's something, but um, we've got to do something about this greenhouse gas. This little thin layer of air we live in, uh, can only sustain so much, and we've dumped a lot of uh, stuff into it, and uh, it's coming back to bite us some. So um, it's it's good that people are thinking about it now. You'd like to see Russia and China more involved because uh, China has evolved as uh, you know the main producer of carbon dioxide and greenhouse gas, and uh, you know they're having some real issues. They've had quite a cold wave that's hit there in the last week in northern China. Uh, Beijing had a big snowstorm, so did a lot of northern China, and they've had some energy issues. So uh, they're kind of going back to coal. They produce their electricity, which is not good. Um, so um, at any rate, uh, it, it, it's good people are thinking about it, Anna. Certainly the young people are have yeah. this very much on their mind. Yeah, I noticed that the young protesters outside, Greta Thornburg, who was out there, um, and, and, you know, they're, they're saying that we're not doing enough fast enough. They're very impatient about it. This is high up on the priorities list of so many young people. And you see those young activists saying, you know, come on, let's, let's move it along. Let's do more. Let's, you know, let's try to uh, get more done. And the struggle always is getting everyone on board, as you pointed out. You've got several countries that are not complying and, and need to in order to make this successful. But we'll see. We'll see. Hey, Tom, just a, a minute left. We got a uh, final look at your forecast. When do we see that, that drop-off in the temperatures? Is it going to be more of a gradual thing? Yeah, you know, Anna, uh, what we've got going today and tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, is kind of a modest pullback. Uh, winds will come in from the east, so there's a component where it's coming off the water. But the real drop-off starts uh, later Thursday and Thursday night. And, you know, there's nothing barbaric about this. It's autumn in Chicago, and these cool spells come in. But Instead of talking about mid-60s, which we saw Sunday and earlier this week, we'll be talking about highs more around 40 degrees. And that starts uh, on uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And what's interesting is uh, it's getting cold enough through the atmosphere. 
that uh, we could bring some snowflakes down to the surface uh, for the first time this season. By the way, you know, the last time it snowed around here was April 20th. That's about uh, seven months ago. And the last time we had any snow that stuck was back on March the 15th, about eight months ago. So it's been a while since we've seen any snow around here. Uh, It it looks like what we'll get are more like flurries mixed with some, uh, you know, raindrops as well. But the first snow of the year is always something we notice, and we'll oh, yeah. we'll notice that. And we'll also <laughs> notice the cool down. No question about it. For sure. Tom, enjoy the rest of your day. I hope that there aren't any more interruptions from Comcast and that things go smoothly <laughs> for you. Because, you, I mean, you've got NASA working out of, you know, your home and your office, both of your yeah, offices. It's, no. Geez. Yeah, this, uh, all this technology and all this modeling and data that we uh, we use in this line of work uh, makes it pretty pretty important that we keep the conduit to that data open. So, yeah, I hope so, too. Thanks, Anna. I appreciate it. And great talking to you, as always. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Anna. Take care. Tom Skilling, segment sponsored by Permaseal Basement Systems. That'll do it for us. We're going to get to the news at the top of the hour from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Steve Bertrand picks things up on the other side. I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening and afternoon and that you don't have any more issues with the Comcast or any of the other interruptions as well. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk tomorrow.